The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by Relola. The Relola app helps agents leverage their local expertise. Create a beautiful interactive map of everything you love about your community, from businesses to listings to local features. Share it on Facebook and your website. And it's free for all realtors in 2018. Learn more at relola.com. I really see the next big thing as being social advertising. And I know that there's already a lot of that happening already on both the brand agent levels. But from my experience, I still think there's a large demographic out there who are marketing listings in a more traditional manner. And I think, you know, there's some agents that don't necessarily realize how effective and impactful a highly targeted advertisement on social media can really be. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 121 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out and listening and and leaving reviews or ratings and telling a friend. And don't forget to head over to iTunes. If you're uh, coming through the website, go to iTunes, download the uh, podcast and subscribe. Much easier way to get the content that we're trying to bring to you. Just talking to people in the real estate industry and and getting their story. Where did they come from? How did they get into a, this crazy world <laughs> that, that we all call a career now? So, and, and I'm really excited for today's guest. Today, we'll be talking to Alexandra Filiacci. She's the social media and content manager for Cold War Banker Corporate. Uh, she works, I'm guessing, pretty close to Lindsay Lestansky. We'll find out about that. And, and Alexandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm very excited. Good, good. And was I right about the Lindsay thing? I'm guessing you work very closely with her. Yes, I actually report directly to her. All right, good. And, and like Lindsay, you're a, a New Jersey native. I should say a proud Jersey native. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Born and raised. Um, yeah. Yes. Whenever I ask that question, proud is always part of it because there's something about Jersey people that's that you don't mess with their state, and and I love that about uh, about what's going on up there in the Garden State. So, yeah, and people are tough on Jersey for some reason, but it's a great place. Yeah, I, I've been there. It's beautiful. I think I think I it's not just urban. There's incredible foliage and forests and beaches and sh- whatever shore. It's just amazing. But but tell the listeners something about New Jersey they probably don't know. Sure. The game of baseball was actually invented here. And it was invented right here in Hoboken, where I live. So if you've ever been to Hoboken, um, head up to 11th of Washington, and you can actually see where home plate and the bases originally were. They actually have plaques on the ground commemorating those spots. So that's a pretty cool fact. And you got the best uh, view of New York City from Hoboken. You know, that's so I, so I have a there's a I have a soft spot in my heart for baseball. Um, I worked for the Padres for 12 years. Let me let me ask you this. I know that you didn't attend school in New Jersey. Uh, your your bio shows that you went to. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this to see how I do. Are you ready? Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. How'd I do? <laughs> yeah, you got it. First all right. <laughs> so <laughs> first of all, tell me a little bit about Quinnipiac and what sort of school it is. And second, what was 18-year-old Alexandra's dream job You know, as you headed off to college? Sure. So I fell in love with Quinnipiac. I think it was my first school that I actually visited with my dad. We did a little New England college tour um, when I was in high school. And I fell in love with it first and foremost just because of the campus itself. It's surrounded by a sleeping giant mountain. And it's just the most 
beautiful New England setting. So that was kind of the first thing that I realized when I got there, like, wow, I could really see myself here because it's just so beautiful. But um, I was also really interested in their journalism program. Quinnipiac is kind of known for that. So that was why I wanted to go there. And I guess that brings me to the second part of your question about what was my 18-year-old dream. And I was a print journalism major, so my dream was to be an editorial assistant at a magazine after I graduated. And if I'm being very honest with you, actually, I was still a little heartbroken that I didn't get to have that experience. But I graduated in 2009, which, as I'm sure you remember, was a rough year for jobs in general, but um, especially in print media because at that point, everything was really starting to shift towards digital. And after majoring in print for four years, it was just kind of a difficult spot to be in. Yeah, I have been a writer my whole life. So I always imagined that I'd end up at a publication. Let's talk about that for a second, the difference between digital and print. The education you received on the print side has to transfer over to the digital side a little. Is it some of the more technical things that you don't, that you weren't, um, you know, those sorts of classes you weren't taking in college? Yeah, no, it definitely transferred over. I think it was just more the job market was really tough and the positions that I was applying for, I don't know, it just it it was really a tough time to to try to break into that industry specifically because there was such a shift and they weren't necessarily looking for editorial assistance in the traditional way that they had been in years past. So it was definitely a shift in how people were hiring and the types of jobs that were starting to be posted. Gotcha. What was your first job out of college? I actually worked in retail for a little bit, but pretty quickly after I graduated, I started my own blog. And that was because, as I mentioned, there was this whole shift over to digital um, and print media was really starting to go away at that point. So I really wanted to familiarize myself with, you know, the online space and publishing for digital media um, and just be a part of that trend and really stay up to date on everything that was happening there. So My blog was about fashion and beauty, which was how I started to really learn about social media and marketing. And, you know, when I was in college, we really only had Facebook, which makes me sound ancient, I'm sure. But um, Twitter was really just starting at that point. And Instagram didn't even come on the scene until 2010, which was the year after I graduated. So my blog was really pivotal for me because it helped me, you know, learn about that whole world. And ultimately, it's what got me my job now. As Instagram comes out, you're just learning on the fly with everybody else trying to figure out how this is going to help and how this is going to work and how it's going to promote what you're doing, right? Right. And at that time, it was more just, you know, individual personal accounts, like the whole Instagram for business thing was was not even a, you know, a twinkle in in Instagram's eye at that point. So, you know, to see the platform change and transition from what it started out to be and then what it is now has really been amazing when you think about the growth that's happened in just a matter of a few years. As a, as a guy who's quite a bit older than you, to, to hear you talk <laughs> about the good old days of 2009, right? I mean, it's, it, really, it really is. It's changed that fast. It's amazing how, how fast we're moving through all these changes. I know. It's, it's crazy. And I actually, I'm glad that we didn't have any other social media in college aside from Facebook, because I can imagine that it's probably really hard now with, you know, distractions and everything else going on. So I kind of was the last one of the last groups of people that got out of college without right. having to deal with all of that. That's true. How how did real estate enter the picture for you? So I actually interned at Realogy, which is Cole Banner's parent company, uh, for a few summers when I was in college. Because at the time, my dad was working for them. And he thought it would be a good idea for me to just have some corporate experience under my belt before graduating. So I had actually interned in the tax department and then in treasury. 
And that's actually where I ended up having a full-time job for a few years before I got my job um, in social media at Cold Banker, which I know sounds very strange. Um, and my career path was definitely very unconventional and in no way linear. But I think the diversity of my experience um, helped me in the long run because it showed that I could be versatile and learn on the job. And, you know, it was pretty cool that I was able to have a lot of different views of how the real estate industry works from, you know, the corporate side down to the brand side and then finance and marketing. So I, it really helped me have a, a well-rounded understanding of what the real estate industry is like. Cobalt Banker is over a hundred years old. I always mm-hmm. tell people this this part of Coldwell Banker. It was not a banker about banking. It's two gentlemen. One was named Coldwell and one was named Banker, right? I know Can you say that one more time, Bill? <laughs> just, just keep promoting that as I talk to people. Yeah, uh, it's it's so funny. Uh, but here it is, here's this 100-year-old company. And to be quite honest, Coldwell Banker, it does sound kind of stodgy, but boy, it is nothing close to that because you know, the brand has really embraced digital and social activities. Talk about your role with Cobalt Banker and and what part of your job do you like the most? Sure. As you mentioned before, my title is social media and content manager. Um, So essentially what that means is that I'm responsible for the content strategy behind all of the Cobalt Banker brand's social media channels. So anytime you see a post that goes up under Cobalt Banker on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest that is originating from my laptop or my phone. And I've it's it's pretty cool because our team is small, so I've gotten to be involved in a lot of different areas um, of, you know, the brand marketing team that maybe a social media manager in a much, you know, larger team would not have. So I've been a lot involved in the brand's video content as well. And kind of from the production side down to editing and even hosting and being on camera. But I think the coolest part of my job is really just to execute our national advertising campaigns from the social side because it's, you know, being on the team, I can see how much work and planning goes into creating a campaign from conceptualizing to the actual campaign shoot to then finalizing all the details and then, you know, launching it. And when I get to see that campaign be shared across social media and it's just it's a very rewarding feeling um and our home best friend campaign which i'm not sure if you're Mm -hmm. we've had a campaign for the last few years um in partnership with adoptpet.com and that's definitely been my favorite because i'm a total dog person and you know having people share their stories about how the campaign inspired them to adopt or our affiliates who did adoption events to help support the campaign was just um, really, really awesome to see. And I actually just, just cracked and adopted my own dog two months ago. So um, I'm really practicing what I preach. As I went through the blog at Cobalt Banker, you have written a ton of content there and, and a lot of other places. And I think that I know because of your education, you, you understand the importance of good copywriting. And I think it's a very misunderstood art. Um, I wish I was better at it. But talk about, and, and I've got to guess because of what you do for a living, you can be pretty critical of other people's writing. I'm just guessing. You might not say it, but you're <laughs> thinking it, right? And talk about the importance of, of, of really good or great copywriting. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I mean, I could talk about good copywriting all day. And you're right. I, I'm always the person volunteering to read over somebody's article and, you know, or edit an email that somebody's about to send um, just because I, I feel like it's so important to have what you're saying tight and, and concise. But obviously as a, as a print journalism major and um, I minored in English, grammar and proper sentence structure is, is something I feel like is crucial for everybody as a, just as professional individuals, but also for brands. 
And I, I think these days, most people are really determining how they feel about a brand based on what they're finding online, right? So mm-hmm. they'll visit their website, so they'll check out their social media handle. So it's really crucial to be able to speak to your consumers in a way that's relatable and engaging. So I don't want to see anything, you know, with, with typos or something that just feels very corporate and, and uh, rehearsed. So I think it's important to definitely spell check and, and have proper sentence structure and all that. But it's also important to be really authentic. So, you know, as a consumer, I want to be able to support brands and influencers who have that really authentic voice. So I always like to say if Instagram captions can make me laugh, you, you have me. And I try to do that sometimes in, with real estate. Sometimes it goes over well, sometimes it doesn't. But um, just, yeah, it's it's super important. And I think, you know, in the world of social media, where we're talking more about captions than, than long form content, it's even more important because you only have, you know, a certain amount of characters or a certain amount of lines to get your point across. So making sure that that comes through in a way that resonates with your audience is very important. You mentioned earlier video content and boy, you're doing a ton of great stuff. Insanely jealous of some of the things you're doing, you know, the CES. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. I want I want to know because what we see is the finished product. We see the video. We see the the edited mm-hmm. version of you standing there with, with all the all the hard work done. Talk about the process and the teamwork that goes into setting up some of those shoots you do at some of those remote locations. So I'd be remiss to talk about brand content without mentioning Gustavo Gonzalez. He is uh, my coworker and my friend, and he's in charge of about uh, probably 90% of the brand video content that you're seeing. So in addition to Gus, we also have a video agency who helps us, and they help with some of our more uh, larger scale productions like CES, like you mentioned. So as an example, for CES last year, we did our first ever Facebook Live. And that was really cool because um, we were actually able during that broadcast to do uh, to take commercial breaks. And we were able to showcase our brand's smart home staging kit on that commercial break. And when I say commercial break, I mean we cut away from the live stream into a video that was pre-produced that was showing off the staging kit, which, um, if you're not familiar, is a collection of smart home products we've compiled with some of our partners in the smart home space. And that's meant to help agents help their clients turn their homes into smart homes and, and get them sold faster. But we, the reason I'm mentioning this is because this was actually before Facebook launched their ads during Facebook Live. So the fact that you know our production team, in collaboration with our, our marketing team at the home office, was able to figure out how to do this was really exciting for us because we were one of the first, if not the first, to figure out how to do this. But it involved a lot of you know pre-production calls and planning and and be, having scripts approved and contracts signed. So what you saw executed at CES last year was was probably three plus months of of planning. And then I also was able to do a top five smart home product segment while we were there, which was really cool because that was the first time I was able to write, produce, and host a segment. I'm a Leo, so (laughs) I love being on camera. So that was really exciting for me. I think um, out of all the elements of video, I think hosting is, is definitely the most fun. And like I mentioned before, because we are a smaller team, somebody like me who's typically behind the scenes as a social media manager has the opportunity to be in front of the camera you know, every now and then for the brand. So that's, that's really cool. I think my favorite video projects uh, to date have been the ones that have been associated with GenBlue. So GenBlue is our annual experience. We don't call it a conference because it's a lot more than that. And it's for Coldwell Banker agents, brokers and managers. We have it in a different location every year, but we always create really, really fun video content for that. Um, so the last two years, I've been able to do a music video mashup and 
we'll have um, different coal banger offices submit videos of them lip syncing to the song that we choose for that year. And I'm able to compile them into a really fun music video. So this year we did it to Justin Timberlake, Can't Stop the Feeling. So there's just no way to watch people lip syncing and dancing to that song and not smile and feel good about what you're doing. And then we also do an, an opening video for Gem Blue every year. And this year I got to be in it and I played part of a sassy airport gate agent. So again, <laughs> me being on camera and acting, that's, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see you in New York next month. You probably have that video on your phone, right? I'll be able to see that possibly. Oh yeah. I'll okay, good. So let's, let's talk about the brand. Some neat things are going on there. The brand ambassador campaign is something I'm hearing a lot about and seeing some activity with. Talk about that and and, um, you know, that's that's a campaign that's internal, right, with with the staff at the at corporate and agents as well. Talk about some of the successes you're seeing with that project. You're talking about the social squad um, and that group was started by Lindsay. And then I took over running that group in 2016 with her assistance. So I think, you know, nowadays you're, we're hearing a lot about brands leveraging influencers. And I think it's really cool that Lindsay had the foresight to do that, you know, years before influencer programs were, were really a thing. But so basically, it's made up of a group of our most socially savvy and influential agents. And they really help us. They act as our megaphones on social to help us get brand messaging out there. So yeah, sometimes those messages are very internal, where we're trying to drive registration to events like Jen Blue, like I was mentioning. Um, and other times, it's it's more on the public side. So we're help we're having them help us with brand campaigns or promoting press placements or just being an extension of what, what we're doing on the brand marketing side um, out in the field. So we are we just feel so lucky to have so many of these within the branch who, you know, they're not only eager eager to help us promote and spread the word about things when we ask them to, but just on their own. They're just great ambassadors of the brand and always just represent Coldwell Bankers so well with their social prowess online and at industry events. So yeah, Social Squad has, has been killing it <laughs> for us for years. Uh, speaking of ambassadors or, you know, brand, uh, you know, brand megaphones, you're an Inman ambassador for Inman Connect New York uh, 2018, right? Yes, that's right. And is this your first time? Yes, it is. I, I was really excited about this. So I actually attended my first Inman Connect in San Francisco this past August. So that was that was a really cool event for me because what really stood out was just how many different real estate brokerages and brands were represented at this one event, you know, because I'm, I've been in my role now for three years. So most of the industry events I've been to previously were, were more coal banker people. So to be able to just have all of these different brokerages and brands in one room is just really, really cool for me to see because I think, you know, a lot of times in this industry, we focus a lot on the competitive aspect and, you know, what is our brand doing versus someone else. But the Inman event really made me see how much idea sharing and collaboration happens between agents from different brands and, and all different places at this event. So it, it just made me realize like, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there to network with and talk to and share ideas with. And people just seem very, you know, open and collaborative. So that was, that was great. And I'm excited to go to the connect in New York because as I mentioned before, I'm in Hoboken. So it's kind of like on home territory. So that should be fun. It's like a train ride for you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You're, you're relatively new in your role of three years. I say that because I talk to some people that have been in the business 20 years, right? But I want to ask you this question, like kind of looking into the future, what, what do you think or what do you see as the next big thing, you know, for real estate marketing? Is it is it going to be a change in technology? Is it strategy changes? Is it something else? Do you have, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think technology is, is always changing and evolving and there's definitely going to be something, <laughs> something new that's popping up every year um, in terms of the technology side. You know, like I mentioned before, when I graduated from college, it was really just Facebook and Twitter had just started. So who knows, you know, if we have this conversation three years from now, I'm sure there'll be, you know, five to 10 other technology tools or social media sites or, you know, whatever that will have popped up since then. But I really see the next big thing as being social advertising. And I know that there's already a lot of that happening already on both the brand agent levels. But from my experience, I still think there's a large demographic out there who are marketing listings um, in a more traditional manner. And I think there's some agents that don't necessarily realize how effective and impactful a highly targeted, you know, advertisement on social media can really be. So I think it'll be interesting to see agents starting to leverage social advertising more, especially with Instagram to run ads, you know, to target millennials because that's making up 34% of home buyers, which is the largest group. And I took this from NARS uh, Home Buyer and Seller Generational Trend Study. But it's really all about identifying the way that that demographic is consuming media and, and how to get your message in front of them in a way that's organic and relatable. So again, back to that conversation about why copywriting is so important. I think that's half the battle when it comes to these ads that you're seeing pop up on your, your feeds on social media. And then on another note, I think, and I hope <laughs> that simplifying the transaction process is a trend for the future of real estate. So, you know, that's, obviously an area of real estate that I'm not personally as involved with on a daily basis because I'm more on the social marketing side. But I know that the amount of paperwork that goes into the home buying experience is, is abundant. And I'm sure that can seem overwhelming and a little bit scary for people, especially maybe first time home buyers who aren't sure what to expect. So I think finding a way to relieve some of that stress and anxiety and streamline the process will just, you know, make it make home buying more appealing. I know Brad Inman's on that same page. He's he's a few years ago he called it the he wanted a latte experience for buying a house. Why can't it be as simple as buying a cup of coffee at Starbucks? Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be nice. And now I've been with uh, Fidelity National Title for 17 years, almost 18 years, and so I'm on that I'm on that side that we get kind of you know accused or pointed at as slowing down the process because of what's happening on the escrow side of things or lenders get that same issue. But you know, it's mm -hmm. definitely, I'm sure people are working on that process. How can it be simplified? How can we, I mean, we're already talking about blockchain and secure contracts and all kinds of stuff. So who knows where that's going to go, right? Well, we'll see. Right. <laughs> yeah. I always like to ask, because you are a millennial and it's okay to say that, right? It's not a bad word. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. okay, good. So what, what's your favorite social network and why? So my favorite is Instagram all the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you say why, I guess my answer to that is that it, for me, it's really just a one-stop shop. So I can share one photo. I can post a carousel of 10 photos. I can upload quick video clips and, and I can follow my friends and then I can follow businesses that I like. So for me, it's just everything is, is in one spot. And it's also, I think, the most user-friendly and, and easiest to learn platform out there. So I know, you know, my mom for a long time was kind of intimidated by the world of social media. And I was trying to get her to sign up for a Facebook account. And she just wasn't having it. And then one day I had Instagram open and I showed her my phone. And I was like, Mom, look, it's literally just pressing this, this, you know, plus button, you upload a picture and you share it. And that's, that's literally it. 
So now my mom is an Instagram queen and she'll call me and she'll ask me questions about my friends and things that they posted on Instagram and, oh, what's going on with this person or that person? And she's, it's really opened her mind to, you know, the way social media works. So just for that reason alone, I think, I think it's great. But on a personal level, I mean, if you, if you really want to know how much I love Instagram, aside from running Cobalt Banker's account, I have my personal account. I have my beauty blog account and I just started one for my dog, Leo. (laughs) So I am totally Instagram obsessed and I'm not ashamed of it. Wow. Four (laughs) accounts. Awesome. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's insane. That's cool. Well, look, I've had you here the half hour that I've uh, asked of your time. I really, I really appreciate all of the, uh, I mean, really appreciate the conversation we've had. But but I want to wrap up with the same question I've asked every guest. And even I've never been a realtor. You haven't been a realtor, but I think we both have ideas on this question that, that if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? I would say network in person, on social media, just get out there, go to industry events, um, make as many friends as you can. These are people that get you and, and get what you do. And, you know, from my perspective, when I switched over working for Realogy Corporate to the brand level, I wanted to make sure that I got to talk to, you know, obviously my coworkers and people who are working in the, on the marketing side, but also just networking with all the different agents because understanding them and what their daily process is really helps me with my job. So I think the more people you can talk to at all different levels of the industry, you know, you're only going to be able to learn and improve for, your, for yourself. Alexandra, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, I have four Instagram accounts, <laughs> so you can hit me up on any of those. No, I'm kidding. Email is probably best. My email is just, it's A-H-F, um, as in Frank, at com. We will put whatever Instagram handles you'll let me put up on the post that goes with the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure you get a few, sure. more, few more connections that way. Alexandra, thank you awesome. so much. So much. Thank you so much for your time. It really is a pleasure talking to you. It's I, The excitement in your voice is contagious. It's very cool. Uh, and I'm looking, oh, forward, thank you, looking forward to seeing you in New York in, uh, in uh, January. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm so glad I got to talk to you and excited for Amen Connect. And I'll, I'll make sure to bring that video for you. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.